0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi everybody, welcome to episode number 31 Coming from the week of July 17th We have three stories to get to We're talking about school board meetings in California The Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, GLSEN And we're talking about the American Library Association So story number one The Montana State Library Commission Voted to withdraw from the American Library Association Or the ALA First of all, let's talk about what exactly these organizations do. And then I'll talk about why Montana decided to withdraw from the ALA. So here's what the Montana State Library Commission does. And this is according to their website. It provides assistance and advice for all public libraries in the state. It administers federal and state funds to the libraries. It provides library services for the blind and physically handicapped It sets standards for public libraries and it certifies librarians. Now here's what the American Library Association does, the ALA. According to their website, the mission of the ALA is to quote, provide leadership for the development, promotion, and improvement of library and information services and the profession of librarianship in order to enhance learning and ensure access to information for all, end quote. And I suggest that you visit the ALA's website and read about their strategic plan. There was a lot of stuff that I never knew. For example, in 2015, the ALA adopted a new strategic plan, quote unquote, which now consists of four key action areas. These four key action areas are, one, advocacy, two, information policy, three, professional and leadership development. And number four, the fourth key action area is, wait for it, diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is like the woke motto, DEI. You know, if you see a group promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion, don't walk away, run. Now, let's get back to why the Montana State Library Commission voted to withdraw from the ALA. So it turns out that the ALA recently elected a new president, a woman named Emily Drabinsky. And it just so happens that Emily Drabinsky is an outspoken Marxist and lesbian. In the past, she's talked about the importance of forming collective power when it comes to cultural battles over children's content. So that's pretty important. Coming from the president of the organization, when it comes to children's content in libraries, she wants the power to be in the hands of a few powerful elite. She was also quoted saying, quote, I believe the way to get people to understand why libraries are important is by engaging people in a struggle for the fair share of the social wage. It's a matter of sort of stronger connections between libraries and our communities and the communities where we serve. And the shared struggles that we all have, because we are all suffering from the maldistribution of wealth, end quote. So that's solid Marxism right there. Socialist Marxism. Now, concerning Montana's withdrawal, their state commission wrote a letter to the ALA saying, quote, Our oath of office and resulting duty to the Constitution forbids association with an organization led by a Marxist, end quote. The state's superintendent of public instruction, Elsie Arntzen, supports the decision to withdraw. Arntzen said, quote, Marxist ideologies directly oppose our Montana values. Ms. Drabinsky is a supporter of critical race theory, which Montana rejected as discriminatory and other far left leaning ideologies that have no place in our schools and libraries. End quote. According to the ALA, they had affiliations with all 50 states, had, which is now at 49 states after Montana's withdrawal. So for the rest of the country, your public libraries, including public school libraries, are under the leadership of the ALA, who I just talked about is committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the leadership of its president, who is a Marxist and a lesbian, and who wants, quote unquote, collective power on cultural issues concerning children. So you can take a guess as to what kind of materials the ALA will be pushing into public libraries and public school libraries in your state. Now, on a related note, you may or may not be aware of the letter that former President Barack Obama wrote to librarians across the country. Just this week, Barack Obama wrote a letter thanking librarians for, quote, protecting our freedom to read, end quote. So before we get into this letter, I just wanna say I love libraries. We need libraries. We need them in schools and we need them in every town. I always thought the librarians in my schools were awesome people. And when I was studying for my masters, I lived in my local public library, practically. However, at the same time, I'm not ignorant of the things that I just talked about concerning the ALA and their mission and their views and their Marxist president. So while I love books and I love libraries, and I love free access to information, I am skeptical and critical of the ALA and its leadership. You know, two things can be true at once. It's kind of similar to how I view the Black Lives Matter organization. Yes, of course, Black Lives Matter. But the BLM organization is a Marxist organization, and I do not support them at all. You know, books and libraries are wonderful and vital, but I'm not on board with this current ALA and their leadership. So back to this letter. Obama writes, quote, Today, some of the books that shaped my life and the lives of so many others are being challenged by people who disagree with certain ideas or perspectives. It's no coincidence that these, quote unquote, banned books are often written by or feature people of color, indigenous people, and members of the LGBTQ plus community, end quote. So he says, it's no coincidence. These banned books often contain people of color, indigenous people, and the LGBTQ community. That's why they're banned. This is what he's saying. It's no coincidence. So do you see how he's trying to sound like an advocate, like an ally, like a supporter of these groups, while at the same time, he's really calling parents or conservatives, Christians, anyone who doesn't want kids looking at porn in school, He insinuates that they are the racists and bigots do you see that he has always been very good at doing this his phrasing sounds so nice so likable like he's trying to unify but he's actually sowing more division so for people like me who don't want children reading reading about oral sex or reading about watching your parents having sex or how boys can become girls according to obama it's not because I want to protect children. It's really because I don't want people of color. I don't want to see the LGBTQ community. So, you see how he portrays those people who disagree with him? He portrays them as racist bigots. That's the Marxist way. You're in one of two groups oppressor versus oppressed, privileged, marginalized. You know, divide society, isolate your opponent, and slander them. Also, Matt Walsh pointed this out. Obama says that um, the books that are being banned are the ones that shaped his life, quote unquote, shaped his life. But the only books that conservative parents, people like me, the only books that they want to ban are the books about gay sex. So are those the books that shaped his life? Is that what he's saying? The pornographic books about queer sex? Anyway, Obama continues, quote, as I've said before, Not only is it important for young people from all walks of life to see themselves represented in the pages of books, but it's also important for all of us to engage with different ideas and points of view, end quote. So a quick point here. Remember, it was under Obama's administration that sexual identity was protected under the Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare, which means trans individuals, for example, were entitled to free health care. Which means that drugs, hormones, testosterone, sex change surgeries were now cheap and affordable. Thanks to taxpayers like you and me. And he says, young people from all walks of life should see themselves in books. This is a phrase that's used all the time by those who support these pornographic books being in schools. And it's just an attempt to justify promoting trans and queer books. Because trans and queer kids deserve to see themselves represented in books. Obama finishes his letter to librarians by saying, quote, you do it all in a harsh political climate where all too often you're attacked by people who either cannot or will not understand the vital and uniquely American role you play in the life of our nation. Michelle and I want to thank you for your unwavering commitment to the freedom to read. All of us owe you a debt of gratitude for making sure readers across the country have access to a wide range of books and all the ideas they contain. End quote. So he says that librarians are attacked by people who cannot or will not understand the vital and American role they play, and that readers must have access to a wide range of books. So again, if you're a parent and you speak up and you speak out against these sexually inappropriate books, according to Obama, it's simply because you cannot or will not understand. You're ignorant you refuse to engage with other points of view if you don't want books on queer sex in your elementary school library it's because you don't want kids to have access to a quote-unquote wide range of books it's because you're biased against the lgbtq community you're biased against people of color and against indigenous people so i i already mentioned that two things can be true at once you know when i read through this letter his words are that of a typical politician they sound really nice But when you apply them, they're really divisive. And that's the big picture here. Division. The ALA's mission, their Marxist president, President Obama and his continued promotion of transgenderism, they're all divisive because they label people like me as ignorant, un-American, racist bigots who cannot understand and will not understand the importance of reading. Story number two. So if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, or you've read my book, Conflicted, Pulling Back the Curtain on Public Education, then you're probably familiar with a group called the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, or the GLSEN. They're a major activist group that sets guidelines and best practices and really dictates how major organizations across the country function. So part of their mission is to transform the K-12 education system to be more supportive of homosexuality and gender confusion. This is also the group that recommends that K-12 schools keep secrets from parents when it comes to their child being trans or gay. The NEA has adopted this practice, as have school districts around the country, including my former school district, Chicago Public Schools. Well, now the GLSEN has launched a new campaign called Rise Up for LGBTQ Youth. This campaign urges, quote, every adult and ally in a position of authority who supports equal education opportunities and believes that schools must be free from transphobia, homophobia, racism, and all forms of bigotry and discrimination to rise up and say so, end quote. So leaders from all around the country are throwing in their lot with this organization. For example, governors of Arizona, Colorado, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, and Washington have all committed to supporting this campaign. Most recently, nine mayors from the state of Florida have also committed to supporting this movement, which undermines parents and promotes sexually inappropriate materials in K-12 schools. The nine Florida mayors come from Tampa, St. Pete's, Orlando, Miami Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Tallahassee, Gainesville, Wilton Manors, and Hallandale Beach. Now, it's my belief that this is immoral. It's sick. And it's twisted for any group or any individual to hide a child's gender confusion from their parents. This group, the GLSEN, tells school staff members, teachers, counselors, principals, not to tell parents if their child is using a trans name or preferred pronoun at school. Now, in my experience, the adults that want to discuss sex, sexuality, transgenderism, homosexuality with little children, or provide books that discuss those topics, they justify doing so by saying, you know, children are sexual beings. They're sexual from birth and they understand gender from the age of one. You know, I've covered this many times throughout this podcast. This is a concept that comes from Alfred Kinsey, who said children are sexual from birth. Kinsey engaged in all kinds of perverted sex acts and experiments because he believed all sex acts are normal, even rape. He believed that rape wasn't a bad thing. It was only society's overreaction to rape that made the victims feel bad. That's why he advocated for rapists and pedophiles to be released from prison or have shorter prison sentences. So this view that you know it's a good thing for little children to experiment with sex, to read about sex, to see pictures of people having sex, it's all based entirely on sex, particularly sex that includes children. It's sexual perversion on the highest level. It's not based on protecting children, Or teaching children human biology, you know, so they can learn and grow and develop and mature. It's all about sex and it's sick. Now, let me ask you, in the last three years since schools went remote during COVID in 2020 and all this gender ideology, transgender secrecy policy stuff started to come to light in school board meetings, has the issue gotten better or worse? Has it gotten bigger or smaller? You know, three years ago, I don't remember there being a single state governor, a mayor, a teacher's union, or a politician publicly supporting the sexualization of kids or supporting the undermining of parents. Now it's mainstream. In addition to state leaders, like these governors I just talked about and mayors, in addition to these state leaders publicly supporting this stuff, I've discussed how the NEA, the largest teacher's union, and Pearson Publishing the largest education publisher in the world, how they have adopted policies promoted by the GLSEN and they have all committed to promoting DEI and gender theory in school curriculum. So this country used to have shared values. And basically for all of human history, society understood that you don't sexualize kids. You don't promote sex or homosexuality or gender confusion to children. Not only have those shared values been lost, but the opposite is now true. A large portion of society, including a lot of teachers and school board members, who are directly charged with educating children. Now, I didn't say all teachers or all school boards, but a large portion believes it's their moral obligation to teach two, three, four-year-old kids about sex and gender ideology, especially when it's against the parents' wishes that's when the virtue signaling really kicks in the high gear. You know, they crown themselves with the moral high ground by quote-unquote protecting children from their big bad parents. Story number three. A bunch of stories have been coming out of California this week, but I'll mention these two. One comes from Temecula Valley and the other from Chino Valley. First of all, in Temecula Valley, this week the school board voted three to two to reject the adoption of a new social studies curriculum called Social Studies Alive. This decision has drawn criticism from Governor Gavin Newsom because the state of California already approved this curriculum, but the Temecula Valley School Board has rejected it, at least for now. Several board members talked about their decision to block this new curriculum, saying it doesn't promote civics or American exceptionalism, exceptionalism, but it does promote the controversial gay rights activist Harvey Milk, who is known to have had sexual partners that were minors. Another issue is that the California Fair Act of 2012 requires public schools to use a social studies curriculum that recognizes the role of LGBTQ Americans. So the refusal to adopt this new curriculum has resulted in an investigation by the California DOE. Now, moving on, in Chino Valley, later today, the school district will be voting on a parental rights policy, which, among other things, would require schools to notify parents if their child requests to be treated as or identified as a gender other than their biological sex. So this issue of parental secrecy policies is something I've talked about many times, and it's a huge, huge issue across our country. So there are two types of policies that are contrary each other secrecy policies and parental rights policies secrecy policies claim to be protecting students from parents who are quote unquote non-supportive of transgenderism but in reality these secrecy policies undermine and slander parents and they place parents in the default position of being abusive and then there are parental rights policies like this one being voted on in chino valley Parental rights policies do not allow schools to keep secrets from parents. Instead, they require schools to tell parents if their children request a new name or gender, for example. So while both of these current events are going on in California, it's still very relevant for the rest of the country. I just talked about in a recent episode how in Mukwanago, Wisconsin, the school board voted unanimously on the bathroom issue, saying... You go with your biological sex, not your gender identity. And even though it was a unanimous vote by the school board, a federal judge blocked it. So while it is very encouraging to see groups and parents stand up for parental rights and stand up to protect children from sexualization and political indoctrination, you got to stay diligent because all it takes is for one parent to file a lawsuit and the whole thing is undone. All right. That's what I have for you this week. That's the state of state schools. Take care.